Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank God for this opportunity that we can again be with you in this session where we just read the Bible. Today we are talking about atonement. Why the blood? Why the blood? Why the blood of Jesus Christ? Why did he have to die on the cross? And what does that mean? Take your time and you will be blessed. It's a continuation of our series where we are looking at the foundations of our faith. We believe God is going to bless you. We are taking part two of our foundations of our Christianity where we are looking at what is actually what we believe in as Christians. I know some of you here, they might think we just have to accept Jesus Christ, but it is important to understand what is actually happening behind. Some, they refer to it as what we have to know, what is referred to as systematic theology. Just to have to know that what is happening, why should I accept Christ, and what is actually happening when I raise my hand or when I say Jesus Christ come into my heart. Have you ever asked yourself that why is it that Jesus Christ had to come to earth and die on the cross? Why was that brutal uh, dying in the cross, and some they actually even argue how, why and how could a loving father allow his son to die on the cross? Why would the father do that if he loved him? So it's important that we understand those things such that even if in the future when we are old, if we are still young, or just to know that this is what happened and this is the reason. And if you are a Christian who has actually accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and you are in your Christian walk, it's actually even important to remind yourself and to renew and to remind yourself on the, on the foundations of your Christianity. So last week we are looking into the issue of sin. Why are we regarded as sinners, as the human beings, or as humanity? One thing that we highlighted was that in the book of Genesis, we read of Adam and Eve eating the, uh, the fruit, that the forbidden fruit, and God had to chase them out of the Garden of Eden. Actually, that was sin. When we talk about sin, it's where we disobey God. One thing that we highlighted there, or that I want to clarify from that topic, is that one of the things we need to do is to, to, to know is that God is a just God. When we talk of justice, we are referring to a principle that people receive what they deserve. Basically, what you do, if you do something that is right, you get what you deserve, that is justice. And if you do what is wrong, you get what you deserve, which is your punishment, which is justice. So God is a just God. What means is that what God does is the right thing to do. Now, because men had sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, which created the separation between men and God, the right thing for God to do was to punish men for the sin. So in other words, men deserved death because they disobeyed God. It is the same thing because we know in the Bible that the devil was uh, chased out of heaven because he was proud. He wanted to be like God. The just thing for God to do was to chase the devil out of heaven. Now, we have to understand that it was God's choice 
to decide that he will redeem man, he will save man for heaven and live with him forever. And it was God's choice that he leaves the demons and the devil to go to hell for eternal punishment. Now, we have to understand that this was God's decision that he would atone for us as human beings. The Bible reveals that all have sinned and, short, and fall short of the glory of God. If you read Romans chapter 1, verse 18, you will understand that the wrath of God is on everyone who does not have the Son as the personal Savior. Now, I want to come to the subject of our sermon today, which is atonement. What is atonement? This is a term derived from the Greek word, from the Greek word katalang, which means reconciliation. It is an interpretation, it's actually not a direct interpretation from Greek or Hebrew, but it is an interpretation that says that at one meant, at one meant with God, at one meant with God. In other words, to be in line with God or being in one accord with our God. Now, it is a process that involves the settlement of debt and being in the right standing with the Lord God Almighty. So if we go to our position or to our story, we understand that man has sinned against God and has been separated from God. Romans 5 verse 18 says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation for all people, so also one righteousness, righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. That's where we dwell in our discussion. But before we go deeper into the word, I want us to read the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. That's the main text where we base our sermon on. That says, but when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it's not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremoniously unclean, sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. One of the things that we should note is that the issue of atonement is not only a New Testament issue, but it is something that started in the Old Testament. When man separated from God, God had to get a way to reconcile with man. And that involved sacrifice, which was the atonement. An animal had to be killed. Now the question is why an animal had to be killed. 
The Bible says in, Rome, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for, anyone, for yourself on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So atonement, which is the reconciliation with God, can only or could only be done through the blood of an animal. Blood had to be shed. Now the question is, why blood? Why blood? Why blood? The Bible says life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. So in other words, if you read the book of, I think it's the book of Exodus, you get to understand that the children of Israel had to, when Aaron or the high priest was supposed to do an atonement for the children of Israel for himself and everything, when he was doing that, he had to put his hand on the animal. In other words, if this is the animal, I would put my hands here, which was a sign of conveying my sins into the animal. There had to be something that links me with the animal. So that would be the laying of the hands. What this actually meant was that the person would be surrendering his life to God. But you cannot surrender your life in terms of dying to give it to God, to reconcile in terms of killing yourself. But you had to do it through the animal. So the animal was going, what took your place. Let me use that. It will take your place, your possession, which is, will take your sins and will be killed. And the blood will be sprinkled on the altar. When the blood was sprinkled, in other words, your life you are surrendering to God. Now, we also learn of the scapegoat and the atonement, but that is another issue. But what I want to focus in is that in Exodus 29, we get to understand Aaron and his sons had to lay their hands on the animal, and the animal had to be killed and sacrificed as an atonement, uh, a sacrifice of sin. So God deals with blood. The life of a person had to be in the blood. The shedding of blood in the killing of the animal represents a life offered to God. The blood expiates or atones the guilt of sin and affects, it affects the reconciliation. It is the blood. That is what they had to do in the Old Testament. Now, what's the biggest question? Why bother about wanting to have a relationship with God? Why do you have to be saved? Why should you bother? Actually, we'll start from the position of God. Why does God bother about man? Because man has sinned, has done something wrong against God, and it deserves to be put to hell to burn forever. But why is it that God now wants a relationship with man? The first thing we have to know is that God loves men. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, this one expresses, it's just one of the verses that expresses his love. It says, the Lord is slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It is God's desire that we do not perish. It is God's desire that you don't go to hell. God is passionate that you go to heaven. 
God is passionate that you will live a life that is fulfilling and life that is God-blessed. It is his love. God has love for you. And this love, is, this love he has for you is that you end up in heaven. So God loves men. The Bible says, a common verse we know in the book of John chapter 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. He so loved the world. He so much loved man. Now we don't understand the love of God the way he loves because it is so huge and it is so deep. That's why he offered his son to come on earth to die for us. Don't look at it from the perspective that he's an, uh, uh, an abusive God. Understand the importance of the blood. By the end of the service, you will understand why God decided to bring his son. Now, on the other hand, men wanting a relationship with God. You see, that's the second reason. God wanted to have a relationship with men because man is God's image. He put his thing his, in him. The other thing, as human beings also, just apart from God, is why do we want a relationship with God? Have you ever wondered why should we bother as human beings to have a relationship with God? Why should you have God in your heart? Why should you love God? It is part of our lives as human beings. You should understand that. Even if someone is not a Christian, even if someone does not believe in Jesus Christ, we have that desire in our heart that there is someone divine, there is something divine. If we can focus on the African worldview, we can know that even if the, before the missionaries came to Africa, people in Africa were spiritual. They could engage with the divine God. If you talk about the Swazi people, we have the belief in the life after death, which is uh, the communication with the ancestors. It is what we've always had that spiritual part. A person has a spiritual part that has a desire to have a, a relationship with a divine being. This divine being is God. So if without Jesus Christ, you find yourself engaging in idols and all sorts of things that are not important. But man has a desire to have a relationship with the divine God. That's why we have to accept Jesus Christ. It's our reason from the human perspective that we need something to fulfill or to fill the spiritual gap in our heart. While God chose to bring Jesus Christ on earth because he loved us as human beings. The second question that you ask yourself is, was there no other reason or was there no other way that men would be saved other than having the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross. God, we know God is the God who has all power. He can do anything at any time. We even sing songs like, my God can do anything at any time. Because he's a God. The question is, why didn't God just create another way to reconcile with humanity? Why? The Bible says, uh, in the book, there are quite a number of scriptures. 
In the book of Matthew chapter 16 from verse 21 to 28, you can also find it in Mark chapter 8 verse 31 to 9 to verse 1. And then you also find it in Luke chapter 9 verse 22 to 27. But we have to know that the Bible says in, in, in Matthew chapter 1, for chapter 16, for that time on, Jesus to began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed, and on that day be raised to life. He must be killed. Number of verses says that you can also find John 3, 14. You also find in 12, 34, John. Jesus know that he was supposed to die. He uses the word must. His blood had to pay our debt. So that was the only way. The fact that Jesus says he must, it means that that was the only way that man could reconcile with God. Jesus Christ had to die and his blood has to, had to pay our debt, which was eternal uh, death. Because as human beings, we are born in sin, as the Bible says. Sin entered on earth through one man. Every person who is born is a sinner. Regardless of the, the, the sin that Adam did, we also have the sins that we commit as human beings. As we are here, our thoughts are so evil. We are so much prone, we are so much prone to sin as human beings. Our hearts are so evil. We always think of, way, think of ways of how we can do evil acts, how I can steal, how I can do this. It's even before you act, your mind is corrupt. Those are the sins that are there. When, when, when man fell from grace in the Garden of Eden, his heart was inclined to sin. So Jesus Christ knew that he had to come on earth and pay the debt and die on the cross. His blood was there to pay our debt. You ask yourself, why Jesus Christ? Now, considering the condition of the Old Testament, we know that in, the, in, the, in sacrificing for atonement, they had to offer a lamb without a blemish. If you read Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. In other words, this had to be a, a lamb ship, a lamb that was pure, preserved for some time. So Jesus Christ, or the person who was to redeem human beings, was supposed to be a person who was pure without sin. We know very well, no one on this earth other than the Lord Jesus Christ lived a life without sin. He had to be blameless. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 23 to 24 reveals that the superiority, the superiority of Jesus Christ to the high priest, it reveals the superiority of Jesus Christ to the high priest and that when he came into the sanctuary, he was carrying his own blood. Now, we also learn that the sanctuary that the old uh, priest, high priest had, that was a mirror of the actual sanctuary, which is heaven. So Jesus Christ came as someone who was from heaven and someone who presented his blood before the Father. And he died once, so the, the book of Hebrews. He died once and for all and, offer, and offers his blood for redemption of our sins. 
His blood paid the debt. The question is, was it paying, the debt was paid to who? Was it to God or to the devil or to who was the debt paid? It was paid because God wanted, the righteousness of God demanded that blood be spared to pay the debt. In other words, the person who was righteous has to give his life which is through the blood in the, to God, and he will be redeemed. Now, 1 John chapter 4, verse uh, 10, it also further talks about the love. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. It has to be his son. And you further ask why Jesus, now we have to understand that in the triune God, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we can say they, decided, they had a meeting on who was going to come on earth and redeemed humanity. It was Jesus' voluntary decision that he would come on this earth. And he was the only one who qualified to die for human beings. So no one today can say, I have died for people. People can now go to heaven through me. No one has the right to do this. And actually, no, no, even if that person can have the right, he cannot do the right thing because only one person qualified, and that was Jesus Christ through his blood. Now, God has seen and received all the sacrifice as done in the Old Testament. But now he wanted to do something that was once and for all, permanent. Actually, I've always said that what Jesus Christ did or what God did by dying on the cross, what Jesus did by dying on the cross, what God did by sending his son, is actually something that is favorable for us who live in the New Testament times. Think of it. In the lives where things are so expensive, if you talk about a goat, if you talk about sheep, if you talk about a cow, it's so expensive. We thank Jesus Christ for coming on earth and dying for us because we, don't know, we no longer spend any money to be saved or to sacrifice such that we can have a relationship with God. But we now just do it through faith. So God decided voluntarily, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ decided voluntarily to come on earth and die for us as human beings. He agreed to be made sin for our sake, says 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, Jesus Christ left heaven knowing exactly his purpose. That's why he said he must. The other thing that we need to know is that Jesus Christ came on this earth to fulfill his righteousness. He came to earth to fulfill righteousness. So, says 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. If you read the book of Matthew chapter 3, verse 15, when Jesus Christ was uh, talking with John the Baptist, he said that it was fitting for them to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus Christ did not only come to die on the cross with, uh, and, and his blood to atone for our sins, but he also came to fulfill righteousness. He had to live the righteous life and fulfill the law. 
That's why Jesus Christ didn't just come on earth for a week or for an hour, because he could easily have come and be born by Mary and be killed within a month or within five years. But he had to live for 33 years such that he could fulfill all the righteousness. So Jesus Christ is the only one who qualified to die on the cross. No one today needs to kill an animal or use any other form of, uh, of medium or spirits or whatever to have a reconciled, reconciled life with Christ. Jesus Christ, he came on earth and died for us. In other words, he paid for the debt we could not pay. His death on the cross reconnected human beings with the Lord, with God Almighty. But in his doing, man has to further take a step, which is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our next session in what is salvation and how do I get saved? So Jesus Christ died on the cross to to, for his blood to pay for our sins. So instead of us now going to hell, Jesus Christ has been made sin for us. So we have the relationship with God through the Son. So now we have the right standing with God through the blood that was shed on Calvary. Instead of going to hell, we are no longer going there because the debt has been paid. What, was, what happened in the Garden of Israel, which separated us from God because of sin, has now been removed. God has dealt with sin. So as the blood represents the, 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 the life of Christ, when Jesus' blood was shed, he gave his life for humanity. That blood paid the debt, our punishment for hell, and removed the wrath of God. It removed the wrath of God. In other words, what we deserved, which was going to hell eternally, has been sorted with God. What remains is for us to act in faith and accept his, Christ, his son, Jesus Christ. According to Hebrews 9, Jesus' death was to enact the second covenant, which was the covenant of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 18 states that the reason animals had to die was to put into effect the first uh, the, the covenant. With Jesus Christ, he had to die to effect the second covenant, which was the New Testament, which is salvation. Now, we further continue that Hebrews 9 verse 23 gives an interesting view that the things Moses did in the sanctuary were copies of heavenly things to be purified. We know that when they killed the animal, they had to sprinkle the, the, the blood over the, 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 the box of the covenant, the, the altar and whatever the Lord had said. That was a mirror of the heavenly things. So when Jesus came, he came with the real deal, as the real deal, as the real high priest, and represented the real heaven. Whilst we deserved to bear God's wrath against sin, Jesus died as appropriation, that we again win God's favor. Whilst we are separated from God by our sins, Christ died, or Christ, by dying on the cross, reconciled us with God. Whilst we were in bondage 
to sin and the kingdom of darkness. Jesus died to redeem us from eternal death. When we talk of redemption, we were taken out. We deserved to be in hell, to die forever. But when Jesus Christ, Jesus' death on the cross, redeemed us and removed us from that eternal death. We should be grateful, therefore, for the blood of Jesus Christ. We should be grateful, therefore, of the love God showed on us by bringing his son to die on the cross for us. Now, as the children of God who, accepted, who have accepted Jesus Christ, we have the right standing with God and we have eternal life through his son who died on the cross. Even though we did not deserve it, but through God or through Jesus Christ, we now deserve it. It is very important that the death of Jesus Christ was not because God did not like his son or did not love his son, but God's love was more to humanity, was more to us that we have established a relationship with him again through the blood. That's why Jesus Christ voluntarily agreed to come to this earth and he said he must die that we may have eternal life. Well, we've come to the end of our session today and I believe God has spoken into your life. Now you understand the issue of atonement, the issue of redeemed, of redemption, I'm sorry, that you were redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you have eternal life. If you believe in the Son, the debt had been paid, which was the debt of sin. As we learned in our part one that men sinned against God and the justice, the, the, the attribute of God or the character of God which is justice, a just God, meant men had to go to eternal death. But Jesus Christ came because of God's love. He then reconciled us to him. And now we have a permanent relationship with him through his son. I believe God has spoken to you. Be blessed and we hope we will meet again. We love you. Goodbye.